All right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to an amazing Geek Vibes Live interview. I'm your host, Tia, and if you're probably a listener of mine, you know how much I love the show American Gods, and I'm going to keep talking about it because I have with me today the technical boy himself, Bruce Langley. How are you uh, this morning, this evening, whenever someone's listening to this? How are you? (laughs) I'm very, very well, thank you. Cheers. Awesome, awesome. I mean, we are three episodes until the end of season three. I mean... How excited are you for fans to see what's, you know, what's left of this season? Well, I mean, very. There's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of narrative threads woven so far in the season. Um, and they, you know, they get fairly well sewn up. I, I'm, I'm not saying they won't leave some, uh, some questions with room to continue further. But, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff comes to a head. Um I mean, the, the lakeside section, for example, is one of my favorite arcs in the book. I think it's most people who's read the books, one of their favorite arcs. We get to see what happens there. That's a big one for sure. We get to see a lot of stuff that happens with, with Ricky. Um, and yeah, a lot of stuff with TB as well. You, there are some answers. I'm not saying there won't be more questions off the back of them, but I'm excited for people to see them. Yeah, I was going to ask, just like dive right in there. And I'm sure that you can't really say much because it'll trek into spoiler zone. But mm-hmm. what is Artifact 1? Because <laughs> I think that's what like everyone's wondering. What the heck is Artifact yeah. 1? <laughs> I um, <laughs> How to explore it without it being a spoiler. Um, I'm honest, I don't think there's really anything I could say that a, that a clever person wouldn't be able to pick apart and learn something from. Um, so I'm not really sure. Uh, all I will say it is it, it is something intrinsically important to Tech Boy. Um, and he obviously, as we've seen, has no idea about it. He's entirely ignorant about it, but it is something very, very important to him. Yeah, I'm certainly excited to see where that leads to. It's um, a very mysterious uh, part of the story. But um, I wanted to ask, you know, Technical Boy has had such a transformation. We saw him in season one as kind of, I would say, maybe a little bit of a one-dimensional character, albeit like we love Tech because we love to hate him in a sense. But I mean, starting in season two, you had more backstory, you started feeling sympathy for him. In season one, could you ever foresee that um, Tech Boy's journey would lead to where it is in season three? That's an interesting question. Could I have seen it then? Um, well, here's the thing. As the actor, I knew that it was there. Um, I knew that the potential was there to go there. I, I never went into this, you know, developing and doing the work of the character, twirling a moustache, going, ha I shall ruin Shadow's life. Um, you know, I went in there knowing that ultimately this, this god, this iteration of technology has ultimately done way more for the benefit of humanity than he has to the negative. It's just that he is constantly used as a tool to do not so nice things, whether or not he realizes that. Um, so I knew the potential was there. I am, I'm honestly really pleasantly surprised that particularly in this season, we were able to really push so far into who he is and his past and why he is the way he is. Because it, it, I mean, it does, it really does flush him out and make him far more of a three-dimensional character. And um, you get to learn a bit about him. Look, I mean, no one's an asshole for no reason. And we get to see some of the reasons and, uh, 
it's difficult to hate someone if you've walked a mile in their shoes. And I think this season with Tech Boy, we've certainly walked at least that mile. Yeah, and I'm glad that you kind of touched upon that because one of the best um, eye-opening scenes for Technical Boy being the way he is was in episode five back in the 1890s at the World's Fair with the magician Maximilian. Um, that was totally unexpected and it was so great. Um, I mean, how was it filming that scene for you? I loved it. I was really great. Jeremy, the chap who played um, played the magician, He's a lovely chap, so we got on very well anyway. But um, the setup for the scene was impressive just in itself, like everything that, um, you know, the art department set decks and all the rest of them had put together was beautiful. Um, particularly the automaton, that was, that was wonderful. Um, I loved shooting that scene. I was, um, I didn't have to be, the director made it clear I didn't have to, but I asked to be inside the automaton while they were um, throwing popcorn and stuff in it. Like I wanted to... I wanted to be in there while it was happening. It just it made more sense. Um, it was so much fun. It was so lovely to get to explore that bit. Just seeing a more, here's, I think people forget, despite, you know, 1890 was a fair, fair time ago, but he's still very naive. Um, and he's quite easily led if someone is convincing, charismatic or forceful enough. And we're seeing that Sort of in parallel to Shadow, actually. Shadow, I think, is um, starting to question a little more this time, like, hey, my dad's got a silver tongue, but, you know, maybe it's also dripping a little venom. Should I really be following him? Um, Tech Boy is starting to get a little flavour of that as well, just in terms of he's, he's not done too great with father figures. <laughs> um, <laughs> he really has. I still, I, I just on a sidebar, I kept a couple of those pieces of sugar glass that got smashed in. Um, I still have a couple of those. Um, so I'm probably going to get those framed at some, but I, I, I stole those. They were going to throw them away anyway. But I was like, these are, these are mine forever. So yeah, I got those. That's such a cool little thing. I love that scene. And I didn't even know what an automaton was until that scene. Um, and then like looked it up. So I just think that's cool with American gods touching upon um, history that maybe you weren't so familiar with. But in that scene, what stood out to me, and it was a very small line, but um, that version of Technical Boy tells Maximilian that he is a son of temperance, which I yeah. also I also didn't know what that was. And then I looked mm -hmm. it up and it's a brotherhood that advocated against the consumption of alcohol. Um, is there it's a two part question. Is there any significance to that line um, in the long term? And do you think that's the reason why Technical Boy vapes now? Two parter. Um, is there anything? Well, if if for nothing else, it's significant in terms of highlighting his headspace at the time that he didn't want anything to cloud or corrupt his mind, specifically in the terms of any form of intoxicant, um, because the main thing was the work. He was he wanted to do the work to create things that would change the world for the better. That was his main focus. In terms of why he vapes now, yes, you could see it as somewhat of a pushback against that and who he was and the sort of a fuck you to the world. Um, it's also you know, in terms of um, synthetic toad skins and the references to all of that. Um, it's also, in my opinion, I've, I've viewed it as some kind of a reference as a kind of anesthetic, or at the very least, like a, an anti-inflammatory in terms of taking the edge off what it's like to have all of the information of the internet constantly cir cir circulating through what amounts to his mind and it's part artificial, it's part made of worship and part of it is inexorably human. 
So I've also viewed it as kind of a fuck you, I'll do what I want. It was also, you know, very current at the time, but it's also kind of a salve for the wound that is his consciousness. Just being conscious for him hurts. That's something important as well. Yeah, I mean, when I first watched American Gods season one, I hadn't read the book at that point. I read it after season one. And when Technical Voice says, you know, it's synthetic toe skins at first, you kind of just throw that line away as something kind mm -hmm. of peculiar. And then when you look up, it's like, oh, he's kind of technically getting high all the time. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, which was interesting. We haven't seen a uh, tech boy vape in season three. Is there a particular reason for that? Or, because I feel like he would need it now <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, I mean, arguably he would need it now more than ever, you could say. Um, I think he's also in a position where he is, I mean, it's not to say that he hasn't been trying it off screen to try and deaden, deaden out all the stuff that he's going through. Um, but the upshot is whether it, like it's, it's not working. Um, whatever it is that Bilquis has done to him slash unlocked in him, whichever way you want to interpret it, shall be revealed. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's powering through and it's stuff he hasn't felt before. And he, I think it hurts so acutely for him he recognizes that this this wider problem needs to be fixed. He can't he can't he can't solve this with anesthetic. He needs to well, as far as he see it, sees it, he needs to correct the error in the code. He needs to tear out this corruption, whatever it is that's in him, without maybe realizing that that stuff in him has been in there for a really long time and uh, might be a little more more of him than anything else. Right. Exactly. I mean, you kind of put it perfectly before where he doesn't have the best figures in his life, you know, giving him advice and such. And we see that with technical boys interaction with the different variations of world. Um, and the scenes with technical boy and Crispin Glover's Mr. World have always been phenomenal, but you got to play mm -hmm. around with Danny Trejo, mm -hmm. Dominique Jackson. Yeah. So what was that like, you know, just having different versions of world this season? That was lovely. It was so good. I mean, they each bring a very unique own energy to it. I mean, I've said this before, but by the end of um, Dominique's introduction, there's no question as to who's in charge. That's a hell of an intro. <laughs> She's definitely got her own gravitas. Um, and then Danny Trejo's Danny Trejo. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that was, oh, I loved working with him. Again, it's, that's been the unifying factor with any of the worlds in their own unique way. That the one thing that is consistent is I am in charge of this room and by extension, you. That's been, that was a lot of fun to play with. Um, it's not too much of a spoiler to say, but I, I get to play with Crispin again this season. I get to play with all of the worlds. That's um, very exciting. So that's, <laughs> it is, it is lovely. I love, I love working with Crispin, particularly as world. Just, it's just, it's just been, I still remember working with him the first time in season one, some of the scenes. It's the relationship between world and tech boy is, is one of the main linchpins in terms of the character. I, I love playing with any of the worlds. I was really scared for Technical Boy in season two when he was retired, um, mm. you know, and I was like, oh, wow, are we seeing him replaced now by new media? Only for then um, Tech Boy to come back at the end of season two as uh, the fandom has named him Quantum Boy. Um, mm. Did you originally think that you were going to continue playing that version of the character in season three? Or did you know pretty early on that you were kind of going to go back to the version of Tech Boy that we all love? To begin with, I honestly didn't know. Um, I knew that there was potential and the general consensus was to 
or at least the plan initially was that this would be the new version of Tech Boy that he had upgraded, evolved, etc. Um, but that it's, it, I mean, it kind of, there's no need to go too far into it, but in terms of quantum computing, they need to be run at very high temperatures. They're cooled a lot and it's an incredibly unstable system to run. Um, and it, and the upshot of that, running off the back of that was that it didn't work, that it, uh, it's too unstable. It's, it's part of the reason he was wearing that, um, the white suit with these like artificial, they're, they're, essentially they were conceptually based off artificial cooling tubes. Um, that's just a little costume note. Um, but yeah, relatively early on, from the moment I went into the writer's room, it was like, it was very, very clear that it was like, no, you're like, this upgrade sort of failed. So they've had to revert to something in between. So I, well, that was nice because it meant that rather than approaching, which would have been, I suppose, fun in its own way, but rather than approaching the character as this sort of fresh, bright eyed, brave new world, I'm learning everything for the first time version, I get to go back a little bit to, you know, the tech boy that everyone has known for the previous two seasons. So that was fun as well. But some of the upgrades are stuck. Like it's, it all bleeds into itself. I know that that's not particularly clear. Um, every version of the character influences the next and so they bleed into each other, whether or not tech boy realizes it. I mean, I thought it was a really great explanation. Just uh, Miss World saying you messed up your system upgrade, and it's like that's good. Right. That's all we needed there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And episode one of season three was a great, uh, you know, just kickoff, and we see you going to Billquist, trying to recruit her again, and her just some, um, you know messing tech boy up how she's done yeah. this season um and yeah. it's a great little flashback of tech boy running through the woods um it's raining he gets shot at some point i kind of thought that it reminded me very much of like vietnam like the vietnam war mm -hmm. what particularly was that was that a flashback of tech boys i'm just curious so I'm going to leave this deliberately. Now, I know you want a concrete answer here, but I honestly think it's more interesting if I don't give you one. Um, he was experiencing war. The, the visceral, emotional, very human sensations of what it was like to be in a war. That very, very reasonably, again, I'm not going to confirm or deny this, but that very, very reasonably could have been a past version of him that experienced that. Um, what Billquist did do when she um, sort of started working her magic on him was unlock a bunch of stuff in him that was already there. Right. Like all of this, all of this stuff that is happening to him, it's not, it's not so much that she has infected him with this new pathogen that is changing how he, how he thinks. She is unlocking things that were already there, but were locked away. She's unlocking parts of himself. So he's getting some of his, he's getting some of his memories back and he's getting some of his empathy that he really doesn't want back, whether he, whether or not he even remembers that he had it. Um, so I'm not going to go into specifics into what that specific memory was. Um, it was something that in some way, shape or form, he did experience and now he remembers. Yeah, and I totally get not uh, wanting to reveal too much. Um, you got to, you know, act with Yatede, which I spoke with her last week. She's so lovely. Um, she is, yeah. Were you happy to do another scene with her in season three? Because the last time was season one that we saw them interact with each other. I know. Yeah, we didn't get to play at all in season two. I was gutted. Um, it's, well, she's lovely anyway, so it's nice to spend time with her. I love working with her. The dynamic between Tech Boy and Bill, they, they should never be in the same room. They shouldn't. They're just, they're totally different energies. 
Um, I mean, first of all, she's brilliant. Like, so that that really helps. Um, but I love the the back and forth between those two characters, because, I mean, Tech Boy very very clearly in their in their meeting episode one goes in knowing for sure that he is in charge. <laughs> and I love just watching that power dynamic get just redressed so quick. Um, yeah, it's, um, so episode eight is the next episode that is coming out. I'm not sure when this, when this will be coming out. I don't know if it'll be after episode eight when this will be released. Um, it, it might, yeah. And I actually also got to see episode eight uh, okay. previous so that is a, a wonderful scene <laughs> yeah cool well there you go well what i was gonna if it's gonna be out after eight then no worries like we get to work together again we get to work together more and um and the that scene that, that you're referencing that was so much fun to do i mean getting to play with a version of your own <laughs> subconscious it's i i love it it was so much fun it was so good that was a real straight jacket by the way i was really, really in that thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh man, that, did you feel like claustrophobic at any point while you were doing that? I actually, it's, I kind of liked it. I kind of felt very, I was basically hugging myself all day. <laughs> That's how it works. Because so, you know, hand underneath your other armpit yeah. and hand underneath your other armpit and then sort of bound. Like it wasn't super duper, they didn't tighten it up so that it would hurt or anything. But right. the whole day I was just kind of hugging myself. So I was like, oh, this is fine. I mean, I won't be drinking anything or, you know, I'll need this off if I go to the toilet. But other than that. <laughs> Other than that, that's nice. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just such a brilliant scene. I mean, totally unexpected. As soon as it happened, I was staring at my computer like, I can't believe they just did this in the best of ways. Um, so it yeah, was really yeah. phenomenal. And that too is just leading into so much excitement for Technical Boys, um, you know, role in the future. But, um, and you got to work with another actor that you didn't get to work with since season one and that being Ricky Whittle. Um, yes. I, <laughs> I loved uh, Shadow and Tech teaming up. I mean, and I have a theory and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but mm -hmm. I sat there and said, okay, why are Shadow and Tech teaming up? This has to be because everyone sees how great Bruce and Ricky seem to get along with each other. Is there some <laughs> truth to that? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Um, I just, because that was always the, when we were talking to the writers, even before like, we started shooting, that was always the plan that they would have this little sort of buddy cop adventure. Maybe it was, I don't know why, um, but I'm really glad that that did happen. I think they recognized that there would be some real opportunity for some comedic interactions between those two characters, given everything that's gone before. And also, yeah, me and Ricky, we get on so, so well. I love that dude. Um, that was so much, it was nice to play. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm the one getting, you know, beaten up and stuff, but it, it's, it was lovely to play with some real fun, like to have, I mean, the whole thing's fun. I love doing it. I'd, sorry, I'm rambling. I love working with Ricky. It was a super fun time. No, absolutely. I mean, Tech Boy seemed to be having some fun. He thought he was going to shoot some guns at some point until uh, no, Shadow told so him close. no. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> that was really great, though. And um, do you feel like Technical Boy with interacting with Shadow, interacting with Bill Quist and just everything that he's gone through is kind of seeing that being on the, even though he is a new God, being on the new God's side of this war is not really the best thing for him. 
I think he, I mean, he, he mentions this when he's working with um, Trejo's world, but like how many times have you threatened to, you know, basically discontinue me, shut me down, all the rest of that stuff to get rid of me. Um, I think he's learning that maybe all the, all the glitters is not gold in terms of you get all these wonderful promises from the new gods and they're very shiny, they're very slick. They have all these lovely toys that you can play with, but at the end of it, you know, kind of in central premise of the whole book, you're kind of left after the initial sugar high feeling kind of empty. Um, and I think he, he's starting to learn that. He's starting to go, okay, I'm actually having a real problem here. And a real, like this is hurting me, not just people around me or my goals, I am in pain. And the most powerful person I know, person, God, world, um, says that they're going to help me. Sincerely, like sat me down, told me that I matter to them and isn't doing very much about it. Yeah, Seems but... to just be stringing me along. He's smart enough to be like, this isn't, mm -mm, something's not right. And he even touched on this in seasons one a little bit in some of the conflicts with Crispin in season two when they were in the bunker. Like, why are we, we, I can track where Shadow is. I can track where Wednesday is most of the time if he's not doing some stuff to hide himself, you know, via the back door, sorry, backstage. Um, I can find them. I can deploy a team to kill them. Why haven't we just killed these people? There are so many things where it's like, why are you choosing this protracted route to like respect the old gods? Why? We're trying to kill them. Tech Boy has so many solutions that would have worked in his mind, at least, whether or not they, maybe, maybe not because he, he's, somewhat ignorant as to the power of the old gods. But he's a little like, in big talk from world, not very many results. And most of the results he's gotten are because of Tech Boy, or in, yeah. in some way. I mean, Tech Boy has this great line. To me, I thought it was great, even though it was so simple in, I believe it was episode one of season two. And Mr. World is saying something and he kind of just says like, blah, 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 just, you know, fuck him up already. And yeah. I, to me, that's just like so tech. He's like, why are we going around and around when we can just do things? And he kind of touched upon that in season three when he asked Miss World, why are we trying to get the humans help? Why don't we just yeah. do this thing? Yeah. And, you know, World said in season two um, through Crispin, don't, I think it, when he's talking to the caretaker, he says, I don't, the exact, this isn't the exact line, but it was something along the lines of, um, don't tell anyone I said this, but sometimes the old ways are the best, like a knife to the back, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's something that Tech Boy cannot click in. It's like, why? We have a way of doing this. Why are you paying, essentially, why are you paying homage to these old, as he sees it, desiccated, useless worship structures of people we're trying to kill. You are showing a lot of respect yeah. to our adversaries and we could just kill them. You're being far too old world honorable. Why are we, why? Um, and that is one of the many questions that Tech Boy has sort of filed away and they're building up in the back of his head. And then all it needs is that final straw and the camel's back snaps and, um, then yeah, then we'll see where Tech Boy goes. I mean, as someone who now has read the book, I have my theories on that, but I won't say it on here because sure. I don't want to sure, spoil sure. anything for those who yes. haven't read the book. But um, I have one little question, kind of like off topic of all the other things that we were talking about. But I saw 
like last year, these photos circulating online where you did a scene where you were dressed up similar to how Tech Boy was supposed to be in the book. We never got to see that. Um, <laughs> I did. They they circulated and I was like, oh my God, this would have been so great to see. I mean, you know, did you film a whole scene or did you kind of just like- I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you anything. What I will say is this, look, somewhere in the archives, there is something where I am kitted out like that. That exists, that is in the world. Um, I have I have some of the material as well, just like from the days that we were shooting that stuff. Um, I don't honestly know if it's gonna see the light of day. I'm not sure, um, but, it's, but it is there and it's ready to go back to if we need to again. I would love if that, look, here's the thing, it, if, if, you know, once this is all wrapped up, season four, etc. whenever it finishes, finishes, if that stuff hasn't come out, I'll post it. Because <laughs> then by, by that point, no harm done, you know? Right. But until then, I'll have to keep quiet. But yes, that sort of, I can't even tell you what it was about. I can't even tell you what it was about, but yes, it exists. <laughs> all right, well, I'll just keep it in my head and I'm I'll- I'm sorry, I would love to tell you. You, you would, you'd, it would, you'd, it would, you'd like it, but I just, I can't. It's no problem. Um, what would you say is your favorite uh, flashback of Tech Boy? Because I have to say, 1930s Tech Boy, well, Telephone mm. Boy, was pretty amazing in season two. Again, didn't expect that. I was like, that's the last we're going to see a technical boy. Oh, no. And then you're in this like nice suit trying to woo Columbia and all that. And I just, I thought it was great. <laughs> I, that was honestly one of my favorites just because I've been wearing all, all my costumes have been wonderful, but there's really like cutting edge vibes in terms of modern stuff. And then I got to go back and do a little period thing. And I loved that. Um, that suit, just as a just as a note, was originally worn by Eric Peterson, who played the um, caretaker in season two. Um, years before in theater, it still had his name sewn in oh, from so like cool. 20 years previously. I just thought that was a nice little sidebar. Um, I loved that one. That was really fun. I shout out especially to um, early Andrew Koji, the um, the CEO in season two as well. I thought that was important with the um, with the organ as a special place in my heart. Shooting that that was a funny day. Um, they're they're all part of him. They're all important. I had probably the most fun doing uh, doing the nineteen thirties one. That was so much. And I got to play with Ian. It's so rare that I get to actually say anything to him. I was in the room with him in season one once when um, I got my teeth knocked out, but I didn't say anything to him. And this time I actually got to have a little chat and that was really nice. It was nice. And Technical Boy was technically um, insulting Wednesday. So, you know, yep. part of the course there. Ter um, terrible advice. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. Um, I have to ask, you know, um, the accent that you do for Technical Boy is so mm -hmm. like unique. And I was listening to the interview that you were doing with Ricky on a Moon Monday a few weeks ago. How did you develop that accent? Okay. Um, so, oh, sorry, I just hit the table. Um, I mean, I was practicing the, the American accent for, for years before. I was doing kids' parties at one point, and the chap who owned the company said the kids like it if you can do an American accent, because all of their... I was, like, dressed as a Jedi or a superhero. They're, like, all their superheroes from TV are American. So that, like, that was one of the earlier things, but that was years before. Um, 
in terms of whether spe specifically for tech boy a lot of it came from like physicality in terms of i knew that the character so this is not always but most of the time like the character walks around shorter than i am in real life because of just the physical posture there's a little bit of hunching a little bit the spine slightly rolled and there's a lot of tension held around the shoulders and the neck and the chest um and specifically a little bit up through the throat part of that makes it's just a little the whole time so it's always a little bit tense deliberately it's a deliberate choice so then when that comes out it's just a little like this the whole so rather than just being a standard normal like run-of-the-mill oh that just sounds like an american bloke it's like oh what mm, something what is why and that's it's sort of because of the physical prep for the character I wanted to represent in his voice a certain degree of the tension that he was feeling the whole time that he was having to work through is that he never relaxes. Like he's always sort of ball, balled up, even when he's free and like gesticulating and all the rest of this stuff inside, he's very tense. So that's where the vocal tone came from in terms of the pitch. Um, and then other than that, it's just a lot of practice. I mean, we get a lot of um, American media here anyway from a young age, but the short answer is I just, uh, I just put the time into learning it over years. No, it was great. I didn't expect it, um, you know, that you were able to say, achieve that. And it just sound completely believable and not say have your normal tone kind of seep into that. I just thought it was a really great thing for you to have developed. And it's, it's so technical boy now at this point. Um, and before we wrap everything up, Bruce, which by the way, thank you again. I keep saying that for taking the time to That's speak fine. with thank me. Um, I saw again, like a year ago, I think you were doing a project with Musa who played the gym. Oh, yeah, Muski, I love him. Are we ever gonna see that uh, come to light? Cause I swear I've been looking for it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I think the footage exists somewhere. It was a so that wasn't a full blown project. That was a proof of concept for a what for, for basically for a film. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't honestly know what the stages are, are at for that. It was, it was fun to shoot and interesting to shoot. Um, that was my, that was my first time inside an American jail, hopefully the last, <laughs> um, unless we're shooting there. Um, it was very fun to do. I honestly don't know what the stages are for that, but I, Hey, I had a good time doing it and it was nice to work with Musa again. Yeah. Um, and so fingers crossed, you know, that we get season four of American Gods and we continue seeing that. Um, besides that, do you have any other projects that you want to promote right now that we should be on the look for? Uh, no, it's very kind to ask. I mean, at, at the minute, I'm uh, I'm taking plenty of swings, and we'll uh, we'll see if anything gets thrown back. But uh, no, right now, just American Gods is the one to look out for. Nice. And one last question, because we are a geeky outlet, I of course sure. have to ask: uh, DC or Marvel? Would you want to play a character in them? And if so, who would you like to play? Oh bloody hell! <laughs> um, I don't like picking between them. They're both lovely in their own way. Obviously, DC's got a much darker tone. I just watched the um, the Batman trailer actually, literally just um, about an hour ago or something. Um, who would I like to play? Uh, depending on the way that Marvel slice things with the uh, multiverse and how they're expanding with Spider Man, I'd be interested to maybe look into. I think I could do a good a good flavor of Harry Osborn further down the line. Um, but I don't know exactly what flavor they're going with the character and indeed his, his dad and all the rest of that stuff, but that would be fun. Um, DC wise, who is that? It's, it's kind of similar to Tech Boy in many ways. Who's that gentleman, the one of Constantine's enemies, the representation of chaos. He's a young chap in a, in a suit. 
Um, I can't remember his name. Um, but that would be a fun character to play with. Uh, look, I mean, there are there are plenty that, and it's such a there's such a abundance of great material to draw from in terms of characters. You know, if if I get a call from Marvel or DC being like, "Hey, do you want to play this character?" I'm 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 gonna at least hear him out, no matter who it is. <laughs> you know, but there are plenty of people to be involved in the Spider-Man universe in some way would be amazing, just because I loved it when I was a kid so much. It's one of my favorites. Um, and working with and yeah. Tom Holland would be so cool. Yes, it would. It would be very nice. I've um I've met him briefly a couple of times. He's a very polite young chap. Nice guy. I like him very much. Um, yeah, and from what I hear, consummate professional on set as well. So yeah, it'd be a pleasure. Well, nice. I hope that certainly happens. Um, just again, coming from a geeky outlet, love Marvel and love DC, and that would certainly be awesome. But uh, everyone who's listening, please make sure that you continue to check out American Gods. We have a few a uh, few episodes left to season three. You can find that on the Stars app every Sunday. Bruce, thank you again for taking the time to speak with me. Um, it's been awesome, and I can't wait to see where Tech Boy goes from here. That's no worries. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Cheers.